So uh, let's see. Okay, so I think I should have done this a minute ago, but um, I'm gonna do it right now. Um, uh, some of y'all have heard the news over this this week of what's, what's going on in Israel. And um, I just thought it'd be uh, pertinent just to take a moment and just pray for, um, for um, our friends, um, our, uh, our, the nation of Israel. So Father, we thank you and we ask you, God, we pray for peace. God, we pray for resolution to this conflict, God. God, may you protect Israel, God, by your word and by your will. Father, I pray, God, I pray not only, not only for, um, it's so easy to just go and blast the enemy and all that kind of stuff, but God, I pray, Father, for a great revival to break out, Father, that people would come to know you as Savior, God, in Jesus' name. God, I pray, that, Father, for the, the hardened hearts of men, God, to be softened in Jesus' name. And Father, I pray, God, peace for Jerusalem in the mighty name of Jesus. And God, your protection, God, over the nation of Israel, God, in Jesus' name. And God, we hate all bloodshed, God. We hate all, all wars, God. And we hate, God, conflict. So God, we pray your peace, God, in the mighty name of Jesus, God. We ask, God, in Jesus' name. And God, we trust all of the things there are many things that are being said about end times and all that kind of stuff. God, we trust all those things into your hands, and we thank you for those things, God. And God, we, as the, um, as the, as, as, as the uh, church says in Revelation, we ask that you would come, Lord, quickly, quick, quick, come, Jesus, quickly. But God, we thank you, Father, that while we're still here, God, while we draw breath, God, we will be proclaimers of your goodness and your truth. We thank you, God. We thank you for peace. Just say that out of your mouth. We just speak, just say peace, peace in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We thank you, God. Amen. 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 Just as we remember that, um, it's, it's easy to get caught up in all the stuff, right? Um, I, I would just caution all of us just to remember that these are, these are not characters in a play. These are humans that are losing their lives. Amen. And, uh, and on both sides. So, you know, in some, some ways, people are um, in, entering in eternity without Jesus. And so we just need to, we need to remember all these things as we pray and as we think about these things. Amen? And it is terrible. All the things that are going on is awful and it's terrible. But, um, but one day, Jesus is going to do away with all war. Amen? There's going to be peace everywhere. Amen? Thank God. His kingdom will come on earth. Guaranteed. Guarantee. Um, so let me say this. Uh, so I was going to say this at the end. I'm going to go ahead and say it now. So some of you have heard um, uh, about some of the stuff that's been going on with me personally, and I want to just go ahead and just say it uh, publicly uh, because I want to give Jesus glory. I want to give God glory. Um, so uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, we were actually, Paul and I were doing some work here at the church, and um, all of a sudden my chest started. I started getting some pains in my chest. And, um, and uh, in my mind, I'm thinking, wow, this is not right. This is not right at all. And um, I've kind of had some kind of, some, can, some kind of chest pains and different symptoms and that kind of thing. But, you know, um, I hate to get, say it, guys, but we are notorious for being stupid about these things. <laughs> And um, I'll just call it like it is. And uh, so, so as I was as I was experiencing those chest pains, actually in my mind I was rolling around, going, "If I say something, this is how this is how my mind works." And some of you may identify with it. If I say something, this starts a ball rolling that won't be stopped, right? So, um, so I actually said something to Paul. I said, "Hey, man, something's not right with my with my with my I got getting chest pains." And so, long story short, I went to the ER. Uh, the ER um, didn't really find anything and uh, sent me to a cardiologist. And so that cardiologist, um, so pray about when you're getting a new doctor. Follow the leading of the Holy Spirit when you're getting a new doctor. Amen. And so as I was looking through, because really it's like, who, who do you look for? Like which cardiologist, like there's a list of them, right? And you're looking in your network and all the things. So um, I had this real piece about this, this guy. Um, and I'll say his name because I want to honor him. Yeah. 
whew, I didn't think this was going to happen. Uh, Dr. Hernandez through the Wellstar system. Um, I went to him. I told him all the symptoms. I told him some of my family history. And um, he said, um, he goes, he goes, you know what? Sometimes you just got to go by your gut. And he says, I'm not going to have you do all the stress tests and all that stuff. I'm sending you straight to the cast lab to get a, uh, to get a heart cast. So I went to, the, um, went to the, this past Tuesday. I went in for um, my, um, the, my appointment for the heart cast. And um, the amazing amount of peace that was on me in that, in that, in that hospital. Um, they go in, and actually, I don't know if you know, but you're awake during your heart cast. You're awake watching them, watching the big screen, kind of awake, kind of in and out of being awake. And um, uh, so I remember something about a stint or something about they were discussing what size stints or whatever, and I go, oh, they must have found something. Like, off to sleep, you know. And, um, and after it was over, the, the guy who was doing the procedure, the doctor, Dr. Fishman, looked over at me and bent down next to my ear and he says, uh, you owe Dr. Um, Hernandez big time. He says, Dr. Hernandez saved your life. I had a 99% um, blockage in my, what they call the widow maker. And um, basically I've been living just by the grace of God for, for who knows how long. And um, so I'm really grateful to God today. Thank you. And, um, but I'm also, I'm also, you, some of you know me. Well, you all know me. You know me and like, this is not okay. And what is in me is actually Dennis Drinkwater came over to visit me the other day. And he said, um, he goes, you know what? He says what we all say, and um, I would encourage us all to say that. He says, you know what? He says, you could, you could not be here. He says, but God has you here because he has stuff for you to do. And that I've heard that so many times, but when he said it to you, it's different. And I thought, you know what? That, that's exactly right. And, if, and, I will, and you know what? If God's called me to, as the pastor of this church, God's called us to something. God has got stuff for us to do. Amen. And I would just call on us to rally. And this is like, for me, this is a rally call for me. I have, there's a new sense of purpose in me. There's a new sense of, we got to get some stuff done. Amen. And um, I'm, I'm so glad that that, that stints there. God used, mir he, by miracle, I like what Jessica always said, by miracle or medicine. And I thank God that, that my heart, that all the blood's flowing perfectly now. And the, um, it's all good. There was no other blockages, actually no other, everything, all the other orders were clean. So that's good. And, um, and so um, I got to rehab a little bit because you do lose some energy and all that kind of stuff. But my doctor actually says, he goes, he goes, I'm not supposed to say 100%, but 100% you're going to fully recover and you're going to be better than before. So amen. Amen. So let's go. As a church, let's go. Amen. Let's do this. Amen. So we're going to push back darkness today. Amen. I love what they say when, uh, uh, when Jesus heard that John the Baptist had been executed. I like it that it immediately says, and Jesus went out and started healing people. I love that just for that devil. Amen. So, um, yeah, he don't know. He don't, he don't know. This is Hope Church. Did the devil forget who he's messing with? This is Hope Church. Amen. 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 You, you better recognize. All right. All right. Amen. So I appreciate all your prayers. And as, um, as we um, go, go uh, amen. Just quick recovery, all the things. Amen. Amen. So, amen. I love you, Julie. Changes things. I'm telling you. All right. Let's just go to the scripture and I'll cry later. Okay. Second Timothy chapter three. Let's go. Let's go. Y'all been enjoying this Second Timothy teaching, teaching like this, line by line, precept by precept. You can thank uh, Jessica Fields for encouraging me to do this. I've actually thoroughly enjoyed teaching this. So here we go. 
2 Timothy chapter 3, starting in verse 1, this is where we're at. It says, but know this, hard times will come in the last days. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, proud, demeaning, disobedient to parents, ungrateful. Paul's a lot to say. Ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, slanderers. Stop a minute and think about what these words mean. Slanderers. Without self-control, brutal. Without love for what is good. Traitors, reckless, conceited. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Holding on to a form of godliness, but denying its power. Now listen, avoid these people. I love that the word just says it. Amen. Because when I say it, you may have your opinions, but when the authority of the word of God says it, for among them are those who worm their... Now, just be careful. We're going to teach this through as we talk about this next thing. But for among them are those who worm, uh, worm their way into household and deceive gullible women overwhelmed by sins and led astray by various variety of passions, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Just as Janus and Jambres resisted Noah, um, Noah, wrong guy, Moses, so these also resisted the, resist the truth. These are men who are corrupt in mind and worthless in regard to, to the faith. But they will not make further progress, for their foolishness will be clear to all as was the foolishness of Janus and Jambres. But those who have followed, but excuse me, but you, he's talking to memory, he's talking to Timothy, but you, Timothy, right? Let me add that. But you have followed my teaching, my conduct, my purpose, faith, patience, love, and endurance, along with, along with the persecutions and suffering that came to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. What persecution I endured, and yet the Lord rescued me from them all. In fact, all who want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Evil, evil people and imposters will become worse, deceiving and being deceived. It's a lot. Amen. Let's stop right here and just do a, just a really quick um, review. I know we have some first time people in our in our church this morning, so I want to just kind of go over this letter was written by the apostle Paul. He's written to his student, his little his, men, his mentee, as they would call it. It's got to be a better name than mentee. But um, his student, his learner, his Padawan, whatever you want to say, uh, is Timothy, which, who has traveled with Paul for years and is now a leader um, at the church of Ephesus, um, where he's where he's um, leading the church in Ephesus. He's not a he's not a kid. This is this is grown up Timothy. This is well-educated, well-trained Timothy um, as a minister. He's dealing with the problems, mostly trying to maintain this healthy com- Christian community in Ephesus as, he, um, uh, as this is a very ungodly culture, very steeped in idol worship, very steeped in uh, the worship of Diana, um, all kind of crazy sexual immorality, all the crazy stuff. Uh, you can go back and listen to other messages, especially the first one if you want to know a little bit more of the history. But a lot of the stuff, and keeping the ungodly culture of, the, of, that, of that city out of the church. Amen? And so, um, and which is actually in the, a lot of the un, ungodly culture to seep into the church and trying to keep ungodly bad doctrine out of the church. This this letter, if you haven't recognized it by, by now, it's steeped in, hey, beware of false doctrine, right? And so, um, and so, and this is a letter that Paul, so Paul writes, and he, Paul, you feel some of the compassion and the personal uh, uh, feelings that Paul is saying to Timothy. His, his, he calls him his dearly loved son. He says that he tells Timothy to keep the gift that is in you. Don't, for, don't neglect the gift that's in you. Keep that fire roaring, Amen. And he says, don't be ashamed of the gospel. He, says, he tells Timothy to hold us, the stuff we've talked about in the past over the first two chapters. He says, hold on to sound God doctrine and guard the good deposit that's in you. 
the giftings and all the things that God has deposited. And remember, that's just not for Timothy. It's for you and for me. The guard that deposit that's in you. Be strong in the grace. Be God, strong in God's power that's in you. And because God's power is going to uh, equip you for the work of the gospel. Then he goes on and talks about, gives a, analogies of the soldier. Remember this? The athlete and the farmer. And he talked about the approved worker correctly teaching God's word. Stay out of meaningless arguments. God knows who is his. Stay on track, Timothy, right? Because there's people out there who've been taken captive by the devil to do his will. So Timothy, be strong. Amen? So that's kind of where we've been. And now, now Paul continues with this thought and actually doubles down on some of this ungodliness that's there, right? He says this. Here we go. Hard times are coming. Hard times are coming. And people, he says, and when we think about this, I, wanna, I want us to, so many of us who've been in the church a long time, you've heard this before, that in the last day, there'll be hard times. And, and as I studied this, um, studied this out, many times what we want to do is to go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like something in the atmosphere is going to switch and change because last days are coming and you know, something in the atmosphere is going to switch and then there's going to be hard times and it's going to be all against the people of God and da 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 right? That's not what this scripture says. Let's look at what this scripture says. It says hard times are coming, yes, but it's not some ethereal, unknown, weird wisp in the atmosphere that's changing. Because listen, he says this. You pull up um, verse, um, verse one again. But know this, hard times will come in the last days. Go, go next. For people, because people, not just some ethereal. He says, this is why the hard times are coming. This is why the hard times are coming. For people, you know why hard times come? You know, hard, you know why hard times come? People don't do it God's way. That's why it's hard times come. And so he says this, for people, this is why the hard times are coming. I'll read it again. Be lovers of self. That brings hard times. Lovers of money. That brings hard times. Boastful, proud, demeaning, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irre irreconcilable, slanderers. Speaking ill about people, church, without self-control, brutal, without love for what is good, traitors, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasures rather than lovers of God, holding on to a form of godliness but denying the power. Avoid these people. These scriptures are saying because of all of these things that people are doing, these ungodly quote-unquote things that people are doing, hard times will come. Hard times are, are coming. And like somebody just said, they already are. They already are. And, we, and it actually makes, he make, it makes it really clear why. Like avoid, avoid these people. I, I wrote in my notes, but I'm married to them. That was a joke. <laughs> these qualities and the way things are, uh, the, the qualities and the way things are going will get bad. And it's because, listen, it's these characteristics that are what will make the world hard times. This is why governments are bad, because of that list. This is why, this, what, this is what makes business owners bad and hard and difficult, because of these. This is what makes schools hard and difficult, because of these qualities of people's lives. This is what makes families sometimes difficult. The inner workings of families difficult because of these ungodly characteristics that people do. People are unloving. That, that causes hard times in marriages. It causes hard times in families. It's ungodliness. It's what makes relationships bad. You see, God, God set up this world to be governed by his ways and his truth and his the way he does things. And when we step out of those things, God, see, God's idea was unity and grace. His God's good world. And people spoil it, right? It wasn't just Adam and Eve. It was Adam and Eve, but it was the consequences of what that brought into the world. 
now tainted with sin and tainted with ungodliness. It's what makes things hard. And it's bad, and it will get worse. So, man, we need to get those people who do all these things right. But wait a minute. As I wrote this, the Holy Spirit said, you need to go back on that list because you're one of those people that are making this world hard. See, we want to just go, well, it's all that, you know, (laughs) I always say this term, but all that smoking and drinking and all that bad stuff. What about the daily effects of our actions towards other humans and the way we treat other people and the way we deal with other people? Because all of this, this list is really, a lot of it's just talking about how we treat other people, how we deal with other people. This matters to God, right? So, so how we, so this is, hmm, let me just go ahead and say it. He says denying, he says having a form of godliness, but denying the power. And boy, we charismatics love that scripture. Amen? Because we get, man, we get those people don't believe in the Holy Ghost. But actually in context, yeah, that's true. There is a truth to that. But in context, he's talking about your own personal lifestyle change. You have a form of what you say godliness is. You have a form of what you say godliness is. But you deny the power of the true life change. Because really, Jesus, like, like, think about this. Jesus came, and what he, it was interesting how Jesus dealt with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Because the way Jesus dealt with the Pharisees and the Sadducees, he says, you think you're right because you do all this stuff. Matter of fact, he says, you, do, you say you do all the rules, but you're missing things like love and grace and mercy. The thing, the matters of the heart, Right? So we can look like we're doing it all right. And we can go, no, I'm doing this, check. I'm doing this, check. And your heart be wrong. And our hearts be wrong. Not our, let me say not you, not you, me. Our hearts can be wrong. Right? And so <laughs> in our families, the way God set up our families, we're called to love each other. Like if whatever you think about family structure, let me just go ahead and say it. Whatever you think about family structure, if it's not rooted and grounded in the love of God and mattering how you treat each other in your family, I don't care how many rules and how many scriptures you throw at me saying you're doing everything right. If you don't love your family, if you're not, the stuff you do does, is not motivated by your love for your family, then you're off. So we need, to, we need to read those lists. So many times we read those lists and go, yeah, get them, God, because those hard times, those people are coming against me. Sometimes those people are me. I'm bringing hard times. When I'm not kind to my wife, I don't show love to my wife. I'm bringing hard times to her. Do we, do we understand that? It's not just ethereal last days, bad stuff's happening. It's last days, people are turning away from the godliness, turning to ungodliness, and it has detrimental effects on humanity. Amen? We're called to be the lover, uh, lovers of people. Amen? And I'll say this word a little bit about the, the word slanderers hit me. We have to be really careful about how we talk about people who are created in God's image. Whether we agree with them or not, Now, do we deal with situations? 100%. Absolutely, we deal with situations. But we got to watch what comes out of our mouth. Amen. Actually, he says, pray for those who are against you. Mm. It's tough. Amen. All of God's word or none of it. Amen. All of God's word or none of it. That's kind of true. All right. So let's talk about gullible women. I ain't scared. You kidding me? 
Devil tried to kill me. I ain't scared of nothing. Here's what we got. <laughs> Slanderers. That's funny. So the mistake here, before you throw stones at me, women. Oh, we're waiting. I hear rocks rattling in people's pockets and purses. You got them in your hand. Here's the mistake. Here's the mistake that people make with some of these scriptures. The mistake is that we assume that Paul's talking about all women. Amen. That's the mistake that some people make. All women are gullible. Oh my gosh, all women are gullible. That's not what he's saying. Remember, context is important. Paul is writing to Timothy, who's pastoring a real church in Ephesus with real people and real situations that are going on. Amen? He doesn't say all. He's being specific about these gullible women. Amen? And they're not gullible because they're women. Let's go back to the scripture. He's not gull- they're not gullible because they're women. He just says, these happen to be women. Actually, that word gullible women is actually one word. It's interesting. I don't know what that means, but it is, does mean. But he says this. Now, now watch, because this, this means something to all of us. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, you got it. For some among them, I can read it up here. For some among them are those who worm their way into household, deceiving gullible women, who are, right? Can we do that, English teachers? Who are overwhelmed by sins. Specific women in this church overwhelmed by sins and led astray by a variety of passions, always learning and never, never able to come to the church, the truth. Always, yeah, never able to come to the truth, right? So these aren't, it's not just blanket statement for all women. Amen, women? Amen. But women, don't be gullible. Don't be overwhelmed by sin. Amen. Don't be followed by all your own passions. And you know what else? Men, don't be filled up with your sins. Don't be following around your own passions. It can happen just, actually, there's other scriptures that talk about men. Men are deceived, right? It doesn't say gullible men, but it's men who are evidently gullible because they fall, fall into the traps of false teaching, amen? So that tells me this, that there's effects if we, can we say we, are all overwhelmed by sin. It affects what we hear. It affects how we process the truth. Being, and all we do is are worried about our passions, right? It affects what we hear. We can be deceived even though we, when we hear things that are untrue and because of our passions, we just agree with them and say, oh, yeah, 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 well, that fits me. So I, I want that. And suddenly let the word of God dwell in you and change us, amen, to the power of the, the Spirit. So there's these people evidently coming into the church and praying. And let me just say this. Not only are, are those women gullible, but we also have to put yourself in that culture of women in that culture. The women of that culture are very different than the women of our culture. Women of that culture are really unlearned. They're not educated, right? They're not expected to be educated, and they're oppressed not to be educated, right? And so... Are they, are they gullible? Is that a real? Yeah, they're totally, are they susceptible? 100%. They're susceptible because they're un, uneducated and they're, and they're full of their own passions. And so these people come in with false doctrines. Watch how this works. False doctrines and say, hey, and teaching these quote unquote gullible women and they fall into it, fall into a trap. But we can all do that. Amen. Next week, we're going to talk about the word of God. Really, it's the word of God that's going to protect us from these, the truth of God's word. Thank God for the word. And then he goes into this thing about this, these two people called Janus and Jambres. These guys, he said they, how they, they resisted Moses. These two guys are the, are the same God, the same magicians, if you know your Bible, the magicians who stood up before, you know, remember the story of Moses? He goes up and he throws down his rod and goes, watch this, Pharaoh. Boom, he throws his rod down and it turns into a snake and goes, Pah! Cool. And those two magicians off to the side, they take their staff and throw theirs down. Remember that story? 
And, they, and those staffs turn into snakes too? Hmm, snap. Hmm. So the, and then, but what happens, end up happening is that Moses' snake swallows up the other two snakes. Remember the story? <laughs> and so Paul says, hey, don't worry about these guys who are going to, going to do all that because at some point, God's, the truth of God's word is going to swallow up all the truth of these lies that are being spit out. He's using that as a, as a um, how we understand. Like He says, don't worry about it. God will take care of it. Sounds like what we talked about last week. Don't, like all these false stuff that's going on, it's going to happen. You maintain the truth within you, and you watch what God does. Amen? Amen. God, 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 is, God is a big boy. He can handle false doctrine. He can handle his truth. He can handle his people. Amen? But they will make no further progress. For all their foolishness will be clear to all, just as the foolishness of Janus and Jambres, right? Then he has this powerful word. These two words, but you, but you, but you. Again, Paul takes all of these things, hard times are coming, list, amen? There's going to be false doctrine. He's going to start deceiving people. And then he says this, Timothy, it's like, in this passage, it's like, you almost hear Timothy, what do I do? Well, Timothy, but you, this is what you should do. Church, this is what we should do. But you, church, pastor, but you, don't be like them. Be different. Be different. And then he tells us how we're going to be different. Be followers of the teaching of God's word. Be followers of good conduct. Be people of faith. Be people of faith. I'll tell you what, we, we had our worship night um, the other night. Actually, it was really, wow, it was just so powerful. All this worship night, if you're missing worship nights, I'm just telling you you're missing it. So many things are happening in our worship nights. Um, but man, I just felt the faith of God just birth in me, just arise in me in like, in like new ways. Just faith was just dropped in me to trust God. I believe God. I speak, we, talk, we did that word, speak, I speak Jesus. I speak the name of Jesus. Amen. So for you, I speak the name of Jesus over my life. Faith. I speak the name of Jesus over my kids. I speak faith over for me and you, my body, in Jesus' name. Amen? We speak. We live in faith. We trust in God. And in patience. Uh, patience. Skip that one. Oh, yeah, I'm out of time. I'm just going. Patience. Patience. Patience with people. Patience with God. Patience with ourselves. Patience. Patience on waiting to watch God move. I was dealing, we were uh, dealing with a situation, not really dealing, but, um, and I remember there was a situation um, that I was involved with, kind of involved with. There's a lot of chaotic things going on. And then all of a sudden, that chaotic things got resolved in, in one way or another. And I was like, man, God, you are like right in the middle. Even when things are chaotic, you're directing and moving and making things happen. Trust God. God is moving. Love. Yeah, we'll probably skip that one too. Love. Love. Followers. This is how we are not going to be different. You're going to be different. Is patience, love, endurance. Able to handle pers- persecution. Man, Paul loves his lists. If you read Paul, he loves his lists. He loves his lists of things that you, as you read, you go, well, this, 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 this attitude, this attitude, these things, you know. Uh, love is patient, love is kind, love is, right? Those, those lists, he loves his lists. Endurance. And he says, 
He says in this list that he talks about about the world, what the world does and what the hard times are coming and those bad things, he teaches in contrast to those things. And he gives us another list. That's this list of patience, endurance, being people of the word, right? Faith, patience, endurance. When we talked about last week, he actually uses the term that we are to pursue these things, to go after these things. So in our lives, like I have to ask myself as I, so I, I told some people, they say, man, you just, you know, whatever your, about your message, I go, you got to understand, like, when, as I write this message, like it's preaching to me first. Like I have to spend time in my study time going, okay, I repent of that, I repent of that, I repent of God, there's areas that, that we're always growing, we're always growing, amen? And so, and, and this thought came to me, and I just want to address it. Like, um, we are, uh, just to remind us, what I call our church, we call our, our church, I call our church like charismatic light. I believe in all the gifts. I believe in the power of God. I believe in faith. I believe in the power of your words. I believe in signs, wonders, and miracles. I, I believe in all of that stuff. But for too long, charismatic-style churches have neglected these things of your character and how you live and how you treat other people and how you love other people. And so what I want to do is I'd like, we, we don't have to do one or the other. It's both. It's both. But listen, I'm telling you this. But the, the scripture says you can have faith and move a mountain. And if you don't have love, you've got nothing. You can talk all you want to about your generosity teachings and your giving and all that stuff. He says you can give everything. Think about this. He says you can give everything to the poor. That's trusting God, giving everything to the poor. But if you don't have love in your heart, it means nothing. On the test in heaven, you get zero. Zero. So yes, when, when are we going to talk about power? And we will. We'll get back. We'll get there. But Timothy is dealing with a church that's ungodly. And how do you protect yourself from ungodly culture? And he says, your character, how you live, how you treat other people. How are you going to keep that stuff out there? And we'll talk about next week, the power of God's word, the truth of God's word. Getting that, getting God, I got to quit. I'll teach next week's message. Getting God's word in us. That's how we're going to stay unsafe. That's how we're going to be unshakable in a world that's around us today that's going crazy. That's becoming more and more ungodly. Amen? Church, this is not a side issue. This is not a how do we, how do we change it. This is a how do we function as a body of Christ and people of God in a world that has gone crazy and people that have turned away from God. How do we live? How do we do this? Amen? It's important. So then he dives into this, having a form of godliness, but denying the power of, of that. It really, it really comes down to your and my walk with, my personal walk with God. Our personal walk with God, you and you and Jesus, you and the Holy Spirit that lives in us. Some of us, we may be in this room, and you say, "Man, I used to have that zeal and that passion and that that power of the Spirit living in me." And if we're honest, you would say, "You know what? I've kind of, I've kind of lived my own way. This is kind of how it works." You kind of live your, your own way so long that, you're, that you numb yourself to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And see, the Holy Spirit wants to have this vibrant relationship with you. The power of God and, and the person of the Holy Spirit wants to have an encounter with you to change you. Another way Paul says that he goes, we are not just mere humans. God has called us to a different kind of life to a gift, different kind of living. Yes, it includes signs and wonders. Yes, it includes miracles. Yes, it's being lived, led by the Spirit of God to go find a doctor that I've never even heard of. Yes, it's all those things. But it's also how I treat my wife, how I treat my daughter, how I treat my 
my new son? How do I treat my son who's away? How do I treat um, people that I people that are around me? How do I treat people who who miss who 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 who, um, who uh, do things to me? Right? How how do I treat people? Like who's in my friend? I love what Julie says. Julie talks about her friend, your friend group, right? He said you have a little group here. It's like a what do you call it? Like a um, a centric, yeah, centric, concentric circles, right? The target, like a target. You want to do this? But look, come here, huh? Come here, come here, come here. Oh, we got so much time. Not even. You got a mic. Talk talk a little bit about that and and the importance of having, because it says avoid those people, right? It says don't don't be best don't be besties with these people. Right. So like in your in your relationships, am I on? Now you are. Oh, sorry. Okay. In your relationships, you know, like think of the Target logo. You got the middle one and then you got the next ring out and then the next ring out, right? So you're if you think of your the middle circle are like the people closest to you. Those are the people that you like they know everything about you. And we would talk to the teenagers about like the measure of that is really time and um like time and how much they know of you and how much you kind of know of them. That's this where they're at in your life. So not everyone who is a friend belongs in that middle circle, or like get, of the yeah, closest people. Either. Yeah. They don't, they don't they, that is a privilege. Many times it's one or two or maybe three people. Like it's not many people that fit in that small, narrow circle for some people. Some people can have four people in there. It just depends upon you know, where you're at in your life. Then the next one out are, so those are, those are kind of like your, your closest friends, your heart friends. Those are people you share everything with, you know, um, and of Green Gables would call them bosom friends, bosom buddy, whatever she, call, yeah, I can't remember what she called it, but, um, you know, those are the middle ones. Then the next, next circle out are people that are your friends. Those are people that, again, you spend time with, they know about you, but they're not, they're not that inner, inner circle, but they're still there and they're your people. They show up. You, you know, you're, you're there for them. And then the next ring out are more like acquaintances, people you work with, people that maybe, you know, you see like once a week here or there, people that, you know, that, you know, you, you kind of like them, but they're, you know, they're, they're there. So not everyone belongs here. Not everyone earns the privilege to know that much about you or to be that point in your life. Those should be people that are of, like they're, they're, they walk with Jesus like you. Those are people that you, like the iron sharpens iron scripture in Proverbs. Those and are who, people. who decides that? You decide Thank that. You. And you decide who is in each circle in your life by how much time you spend with them, by how much you take, you know, you take on of theirs, how much you give to them of yours. Those are ways that you determine who belongs there. And it's very fluid. There's times in your life where you, some it may not be good for you to be that close with That's that right. person. That's so right. they may be in that middle circle and it, they may need to shift out or shift out or shift all the way out, you know, but you determine that. And we make those choices. It's not just a unforeseen that you just take on everything, everyone that comes into your life either, but then you choose. And then also invite Jesus in because God will say, you know, that he'll bring people in your life mm -hmm. who need you and you need them. Like, you don't think you do, but he will. He'll bring people in like that. We were not made to live our lives alone. Right. We were made to live our lives in with each other. We were made to be image bearers of God in relationship with each other. So the way that, that God treats us is the way that we are to treat other people with that same love that God loves us the way God loves us. That is meant to be shared. And that's why one of the big poisons are dangers of our culture, the way that it is right now is the isolation mm -hmm. that people live in and our false sense of community and relationship with and, and, people. And let me add, because and because of that, because of because people hurt each other. Yes. And so people feel like they need to withdraw from everybody because hard times are here. Right. Because people does this all make sense? Because hard times are here. All these people are acting these ways, ungodly, unloving, slandering, blah, 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 because it, it ruins relationships. It causes people to step back from relationship where God's called us into relationship. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, so you guys ask the Holy Spirit, ask God about, pray about these things. You know, if maybe you're struggling with loneliness, because listen, hurt is real. Like people are mean, you know, and I've been mean. 
Have you ever been mean? Mm -hmm. We've all been mean. We've all been on that list and we've all been bad. We've all hurt people that we love. We've been hurt by people that we love. We've hurt people that we like and we've been hurt by people. And we've hurt people that we don't like. And then we've been hurt by people that we don't like. It's all of us. And so that's why, but how does God love us? When, when we mess up or when we, when we are, are bad or however you want to say it, does God like quit loving us? No. Does he like give up? No. Does he isolate us? No. What he does is he, he continues to love us. But many times if we push God away, does he put, does he, he, he'll pull his presence back. You know, there may be times that, you know why it's because we need to change. So relationships aren't, it's, I, I wish it was simple and we could give you a little formula for it, but it's not because God, but God wants to walk you through all of these things. And God, people in your circles need you and you need the people in your circles, you know? So God designed it this way. This is the way that he, this was his plan. That's so good. That's so good. That's right on. Yep. 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 So, um, um, yeah, if, if, if you have some of those, um, let me just be the past, I mean, I'm the pastor, but let me step into a pastor thing. Um, if you have those issues, if you have, um, uh, relationship issues, and I don't know why we're now jumping into relationships, but if you have those kind of things, I, I encourage you, there's a really good book. It's an older book, but it's a really good book. And it's called Boundaries. And I can't recommend that book more because like I said a minute ago, you have control over your life. God has given you authority over your life and the things around you. That means like your home, your, your kids, um, your, the kids that are in your care, right? Not all the kids, just kids that are in your care. Yourself, your own heart, right? God has given you authority over that, and he expects you to use that to protect you. So not everybody gets to be in that little circle. They don't. They haven't earned the, the, the right or the privilege to be in that circle. But you are the gatekeeper to that. Amen? You are. And so um, I would encourage you, that's a great book. If you're dealing with those things, if, if people have taken advantage of you and they're doing it over and over and over again, I would highly recommend that book, Boundaries, because you, you set the boundaries of your own life. Amen? God has given you that as, a, um, as an authority over, over your own life. Amen? So Boundaries is a really good book. But um, let's all stand together. I don't know why we, we got there. Is this helping somebody? Jesus. Eric, if you want to come up, just. Oh. He's, he knows me. Did y'all know that Eric is my nephew? Oh, and Whitney's, hey, Whitney. Whitney's my niece over there. Their parents are, are we support them in Uganda. Jerry and Cheryl Davison, we support them over in Uganda. I have the best family. Right answer. Who said that? Thank you. That's right. Right on. Sometimes we get religious and sometimes we don't allow. God is ever molding us. Amen. Aren't you glad that God doesn't give you all the things that are wrong with you at the same time? Aren't you glad? I mean, that list kind of is like a dagger of a lot of things all at once, amen? But aren't you glad that he only deals with you? Really one thing at a time, most of the time. Let's bow our heads. I guarantee you the Holy Spirit is speaking into people's hearts right now. Just pray this, say, God, what area of my character do you want to deal with me in? And just listen. Now, before you discount it, before you say that's way too hard, pray this. Say, God, will you help me in this area. 
God, I want to be like you. Will you help me grow in this area? I thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit that works mightily in me, that affects change and godliness in me. In Jesus' name. Just say this as a declaration. Say, I reject the world system, any system outside of God's system. And I welcome that the kingdom of God would come and live in me. In Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, that you'll help us. I say this, grace is the platform God gives us to be able to, to spring off the change. If we didn't have grace, like this, this gospel is the gospel of grace. It's not of your own works. You are not made right because of your own works. You are made right because of what Jesus did. Amen. So even though you may want to start, maybe the enemy wants to condemn you, go, man, I got all of those lists. Welcome to the club, right? I got all of these lists. The grace of God keeps you so that the Holy Spirit can change you. Wow, that's really good. The grace of God keeps you so that the Holy Spirit can change you. Amen? And that's the process that God wants to do within us so that when we operate in the power and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we're, we're actually operating in the fullness of who God is. We're fully his representatives, right? So that as I love other people, and as I know that God loves me, I can love other people. It's awesome. It's an awesome flow, amen? Just say this, the power of God, power of God resides in me. Resides. The grace of God, grace of God. it keeps me. I thank you, God, that you're changing me, filling me. Mm, I just felt a, a nudge on that. Lift your hands right where you're at. A fresh filling, God. Just a fresh filling. Some of you just need, honestly, you just need to repent and say, God, I've been, I've been, I've just been, the word I keep wanting to say is lame. That's my word. God, I've just been kind of lame in my pursuit of you. God, I repent. God, I don't want to be like that. That's not me. God, I want to be fully alive in Jesus. God, I want to fully receive your love for me. Thank you, God. Fill me. Just say that. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and with power. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God is so good. The Word of God is so good. It's so rich. So I just challenge us to go back. Go back in this week and just go read through. Actually, if you want to read about um, their um, persecution, we actually have readings already. But if you want to go back, he said he read, he said he talked about Iconium, Lystra, and the persecution. He's actually referring to Acts chapter 13 and 14. So if you want to go back and just read that there, you can go back and read about how that, what that persecution looked like. It's actually recorded for us in the scriptures. Amen. All right, let's say it one more time like we meant. Say, I am, I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I am a child of God, loved and fully accepted by Him in Jesus' name. God bless you. Have an amazing, amazing week. I love you guys so much.